Hey, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now in session. The finest internet radio talk show. And... The George Wilder Jr. Show is now in session. The finest internet radio talk show and podcast in the land of Illinois on the north side of the great, great city of Chicago. You are now on the air. Fun time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. Have a great time. How dare you 
lie and say you couldn't do anything about it. You're the one who caused it, and you're the one that we're going to make to turn it back because what you're doing now is lying, lying, lying. The American people have put up with this president long enough. What more do we need to see? What more lies do we need to hear? It is time for us to say, even though there are those who don't want us to say it, Mr. President, you need to be impeached. He has done more than is needed to be impeached. But putting this on top of all that he has done, his alignment with Russia and Putin, his love of the of the dictators of the world, how he has not said one word about the fact that they've tapped into our DNC, underlined our democratic process. He's not said one thing about it, but he can wrap his arms around another dictator, Kim Jong-un, and tell us we ought to swallow it. We'll throw it to Mr. President. We're not going to swallow it. You're not going to swallow it. You have disrespected all of us. You have violated all of us. And now you have sacrificed our children for your aims and your goals just because you want to build a wall. Mr. President, there will be no wall built on the back of these children. You lied. You lied and you said you were going to make Mexico pay for it. They're not going to pay for it. We're not going to pay for it. You're going to find these children. You're going to reconnect them with their families. And we're going to get you out of office. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you so much for coming out here because history is not going to be kind to this administration. But we want history to record that we stood up, that we pushed back, that we fought, that we did not consider ourselves victims of this president. History will record that while he tried to step on all of us, we kicked him in his rear and we stepped on him. And so the president who lies all the time, who will change on the drop of a dime, the president is watching what is going on and the only reason he came up with this fake initiative of his is to try and say to the people that he's seen come out in huge numbers, okay, 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 uh, I'm sorry, I'm scared, I'm going to back it up, but he didn't back it up enough. He didn't back it up enough because that initiative that he's put out does not define how they're going to connect these children with their parents. They don't know where our children are. They don't have numbers or identifications where they can connect parents. And some parents have been deported and their children are still here somewhere. That's unconscionable. And between this president and that racist attorney general, Jeff Sessions, and John Kelly, they all said that they were going to do this. They said publicly that they were going to separate these children from their parents in an issue that they've tried to use to get that wall built so they can intimidate all of us. But again, the message has to be, Mr. President, we're not afraid of you. 
All right, everybody, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show, the start of the week here. We've got a great list of guests lined up for the show, and we're hoping that that will suffice. You know, sometimes people call off. They don't uh, show. They don't uh, uh, say they're going to be calling off, but let's hope everybody shows up and to be a guest on the George Wilder Jr. Show. This is the start of the week. This is a brand new month, folks, uh, 2018. And it's a beautiful day in the city of Chicago. And I hope it's beautiful wherever you are. And I hope nobody's depressed, lonely, uh, feeling down and feeling out of it. It's time to feel positive, be positive, and vote blue. Yeah, this is the George Wilder Jr. Show saying to everybody listening or will be listening or have listened to blow, blah, I can't even say it, vote blue. We've got to get these scoundrels out. Uh, and if you and if you are stuck around uh, at the beginning of the show, you heard Maxine Waters. She is a powerhouse, and I've been blowing her horn uh, for the longest. I think she should be, if not president of the United States, at least not run. If she, if she shouldn't, could not, or will not run for president of the United States, I I at least think she should be Speaker of the House because Maxine Waters is the only Democrat with some balls. I'm going to tell you, she's the only one who stands up against this monstrosity in the White House and in Congress. She's the only one. She's the only Democrat speaking out, and she is laying it on the ground. And Donald Trump is feeling the heat. But you know what? A lot, uh, she's speaking out, but a lot of the Democrats are telling her not to call for Donald Trump to be impeached, not to say that. You, uh, for instance, uh, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, which I hope she is voted out. I hope she loses her job because she has her own uh, petty reasons to why Donald Trump should not be impeached. Everybody in the fucking world wants Donald Trump impeached and out. Nancy Pelosi, you have some sort of, uh, I, I don't know, she doesn't want to impeach Donald Trump. You got some uh, Democrats uh, in Congress who do not want to impeach Donald Trump. That's crazy. This man impeaching Donald Trump is, is, is like a slap on the wrist. This man des deserves prison. He needs to go to jail. But you got some Democrats like Nancy Pelosi, maybe Cory Booker. saying, do not impeach him. Do not impeach him. They got their own fucking reasons for that. But the American people say, get this clown, get this buffoon, get this idiot, get this stupid dumbass man out of the people's White House. And it doesn't matter what reasons Nancy Pelosi and these other Democrats who want, who who do not want Donald Trump impeached, it doesn't matter their reasons. This country is run by the American people, you, me, and, and millions of all of us, not Nancy Pelosi. I have nothing against Nancy Pelosi. I'm, I'm not one of her enemies. I do not hate her. I just think that we need new leadership. We need new leadership. Uh, I have called on uh, a lot of people are, are criticizing uh, m uh, 
Maxine Waters, they're saying she's too old. But we need somebody like Maxine Waters with fire in her belly. We need someone like Maxine Waters who's not going to be bought off and told to shut up and given a million dollars. That's not Maxine. Maybe that's what ha- maybe that's what's happening with Nancy Pelosi. The Republicans got to her, paid her off, and say, "Hey, don't pe- impeach Trump." Something's going on. We need to get rid of Nancy Pelosi. She's fighting hard to keep her job. Because if Nancy Pelosi is elected back to the uh, House of Representatives and the Democrats take over, she will not impeach Donald Trump. This is one of the reasons why so many people want her out. The American people want this man of our White House. Nancy Pelosi does not. Cory Booker does not. And I have a feeling Barack Obama does not want to impeach Donald Trump. Simple thing is because none of them have have come out to say they want to see him impeached. Well, we know Obama's not going to say anything. Obama, uh, some of you folks out there listening who who are in love with Obama, in my estimation in, in my theory and, and not a theory but a fact Obama is a coward he'll every now and then he'll poke his head out and say something positive but then he'll go back into his rabbit hole and wait till the people rise up and do something creative and then he's coming out to say something like he's trying to take credit for it this is a people's movement not the Barack Obama the guy is, he will, I said this uh, several times on the show before, Barack Obama is not a Malcolm X. He is not a Nelson Mandela. He is not a Menger Evers. He is not a Martin Luther King. He is no kind of leader whatsoever. And so many people are trying to get Obama to come out to take the lead against Donald Trump. Donald, uh, Obama will not do that. He's somewhere hiding behind his wife's dress because if you know if you knew anything about obama you know that he in his eight years the republicans just kicked him in the teeth kicked him all over everywhere and what did he do he he gives them an olive branch they talked about him his family every uh, the black people in the white house you know so uh and trump has has is trying to undo everything that he's done and Obama has nothing to say about that, at least nothing uh, newsworthy, nothing that's going to get America up and going against this president. The Democrats know for a fact that there's a blue wave coming. And a lot of them are not saying anything because they feel they do not have to say anything. But there's a blue wave coming. But I'm going to say to my fellow Democrats out there, yeah, there is a blue wave coming. You will be voted into office. But if you fuck up, we're going to vote you out. You screw up, you lie, you cheat, you lick Donald Trump's shoe. We're going to <laughs> we're going to vote you out. Yeah, a lot of these Democrats are just sitting back waiting for the blue wave. Once that blue wave get in, we want to see Donald Trump impeach if he's not already going to jail. Uh, sent there by Robert Mueller. From what I'm hearing and reading, it's getting close. 
it's getting close. But let me get back to Maxime Monroe. Maxime, uh, Maxime Monroe. Maxime Waters. Maxime Monroe is a character in one of the books, uh, stories that I've written. I've written three stories on Maxime Mon- Monroe. And I, whenever I think of Maxine Waters, I'm saying Maxine Monroe because it's Maxine Monroe is a character in a book that I've written. Uh, a book, I can call it a book if you put it together, but basically it's three stories. Uh, pretty good stories, I've been told, and uh, they've been rated pretty well. But anyway, we're talking about Maxine Waters, not Maxine Monroe. If you want to check out Maxine Monroe, check out uh, uh, my Amazon page, Hit Me and You Die, Monroe, Maxine Monroe, Cold Sweat, Maxine Monroe, Blowback. Uh, lots of action, lots of action. Oh, a female history, <laughs> a female hero. I wanted to say not history, but female hero, Maxine Monroe. But we're talking about the uh, state rep uh, from California, Maxine Waters. And if you enjoyed that clip, I, I totally enjoyed it. Uh, I knew I had to have it when I first heard it. I want to have everything that uh, uh, Maxine Waters uh, uh, talked because she really gets in this president's ass. And another thing, folks, um, if, if, if and when, well, not if and when, when the Democrats take control of the House and it's possibly, possible that they can take over the Senate, Maxine Monroe will be in power to um, seize, subpoena Donald Trump's finances and his taxes. That's one of the things that uh, is so afraid of. That's why he's going after Maxine Monroe, trying to keep and trying to keep the Democrats out of the uh, uh, out of Congress. I don't think that's going to happen. People are so pissed off. People are so angry. People are just so upset. And I just know it's going to be a landslide. If the Republicans try to cheat, and they will, I think it's going to be such a storm of people at the polls that they will, whatever shenanigans the Republicans, Donald Trump and the Republicans tried to do, it will not work. All we want is this man up out of our White House. We built it. He doesn't own it. It's not one of his businesses as if he as as like he treats it. And once Donald Trump and his family is out of the White House, we're going to have to repaint it and fumigate it. And that's for real. But Maxine Waters, I mean, folks, you got to give it. I mean, if you like straight talk, if you like someone who tells it like it is, if you like someone with some guts, some spine, and some balls, you got Maxine. I'm getting ready to say Monroe again. You got Maxine Waters. And I'm so glad we got got her. I'm so glad we got her. And she's not going to back off Trump one bit even with the death threats, even with Donald Trump himself threatening her. She is not going to back off. She's saying, you, if you shoot me, you better shoot straight. This is what Max and Maxine, she's not going to let them fucks in the White House scare her, intimidate her, bully her. I love Maxine Monroe. 
Because if, if I was out there and I, I had the capability to be out, I, I would be saying the same thing. But Maxine Monroe, she has a, she has a pedestal. She has a stage. She's a, a United States representative. She has a great big microphone. Nobody can say it as good and as well as uh, Maxine Monroe. Maxine, uh, excuse me, Maxine Waters. And uh, I, I'm just so proud of her. I'm proud of her more than any other Democrat there is. And I would like to see her elected Speaker of the House. Speaker of the House, Maxine Monroe. I'm going to make my views known on her page and on Nancy Pelosi's page that I don't want Nancy Pelosi as, as uh, House Speaker no more. Democrats shouldn't want that. And I think every every uh, constituency uh, should let their representative re- let representative know that they don't want Maxine, uh, um, they don't want Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House anymore. I mean, she can't, she just can't cut it. She cannot cut it. Uh, if she's talking about not impeaching Donald Trump, we want Donald Trump out of there. Okay, and we do have Fox News. I can say I've said some of the some things I've criticized Fox News. I'm pretty sure they don't give a fuck. They don't care. I'm nobody to them, right? So, uh, but um, uh, they are are actually, if you think about it, Fox News is running the White House because everybody Donald Trump's uh, uh, gives a job to nowadays is, is from Fox News, his station. The only the only station where he goes to uh, give an interview or say something stupid, dumb, or lie, Fox News let him get away with that. They don't criticize him as much as the CNN or or uh, the Washington Post, the New York Times, you know, Huffington Post. Um, that's why a lot of these assholes, a lot of these old rotten ass Republicans, run to Fox News because they know Fox is going to let them say anything that they fucking want going to let them say anything. Fox News, and it's not a news outlet. I just say Fox News because everybody else say Fox News. It's not news. It's a bunch of propaganda. It's, it's a Republican uh, uh, broadcast station or cable uh, news. It's Republican. And, uh, and I, I said this before. I think a lot of people who watch Fox News watch it for a laugh to see how many see, to see how many of these people are going to lie and they never re, and they never let up when they start lying and you wonder where do fox get all these idiots from and put them on television and let them lie about the american people let them lie about america just put them up there because you know what a lot of people who aren't known who are very unknown i mean once they get on television they're going to try to say something dumb and stupid and ignorant just so they can get noticed, get some attention. And they do. They might say something ignorant, but then they might apologize later for it, but still they'll be known for that comment. Excuse me. <coughs> Fox News should be eradicated. And uh, five journalists were killed the other day. I know you heard about it. How many times, how many times have Donald Trump called the press the enemy of the people. You think that may have had something to do with those five uh, journalists being killed? 
He calls them the enemy of the people. And then after these folks are killed, he has the nerve to say, call and give his condolences. This guy just reeks of hate. He reeks of everything. But Maxine Waters, I'm going to tell you something, folks. This show is going to be dedicated to her. I hope she keeps herself well because we need her. If something happens to Maxine, we have no voice. We have nobody out there fighting because it's not the Democrats. Even though we want to vote for them, we're going to, because they're obviously they're not, they're not as bad as Donald Trump. But one of the things I do know about the Democrats, when they are in power, what's the first thing they do? They start fighting each other. They start disagreeing with each other. They're trying to, they started fighting for more FaceTime on camera. They start, they even start holding up bills, holding up uh, uh, things in Congress so they can get their uh, voices out there heard. I remember uh, back in 2009, 2010, when Democrats held Everything. They had the House, the, the Senate, the White House, and they fucked up and lost it all to the Republicans because they could not get along. And the Republicans just bashed their asses. And then uh, Barack Obama had a Republican House and a Republican Senate, and they did nothing whatsoever he wanted or, or, or anything for the country. And suddenly we have Donald Trump. So, yeah, there's going to be a blue wave. There's going to be a blue wave. But with the Democrats, will they impeach this son of a bitch, overturn a lot of the things, a lot of things that, that he has done that hurt America? <clears throat> and that's what we need for, to happen, to, to get that crazy son of a bitch out of there, Looney Tunes fuck, Get him out of there. Uh, um, and just uh, take America back, okay? Uh, let me ch- do this clip on, on Maxine Monroe again and try to do it in its entirety because I just love this lady. I mean, she's, uh, I mean, <laughs> by the tone of her voice, you can tell she's pissed off and she just cannot stand Donald Trump. Okay. All right, Maxine Monroe. Maxine Waters. Children from their parents. How dare you pull children out of the arms of their mothers? How dare you lie and say you couldn't do anything about it? You're the one who caused it, and you're the one that we're going to make to turn it back because what you're doing now is lying, lying, lying. long enough what more do we need to see what more lies do we need to hear it is time for us to say even though there are those who don't want us to say it mr president you need to be impeached and Putin, his love of the of the dictators of the world, how he has not said one word about the fact that they've tapped into our DNC. 
underlined our democratic process. He's not said one thing about it, but he can wrap his arms around another dictator, Kim Jong-un, and tell us we ought to swallow it. We'll throw it to Mr. President. We're not going to swallow it. We're not going to swallow it. You have disrespected all of us. You have violated all of us. And now you have sacrificed our children for your aims and your goals just because you want to build a wall. Mr. President, there will be no wall built on the back of these children. You lied. You lied and you said you were going to make Mexico pay for it. They're not going to pay for it. We're not going to pay for it. You're going to find these children. You're going to reconnect them with their families. And we're going to get you out of office. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you so much for coming out here because history is not going to be kind to this administration. But we want history to record that we stood up, that we pushed back, that we fought that we did not consider ourselves victims of this president. History will record that while he tried to step on all of us, we kicked him in his rear and we stepped on him. And so the president who lies all the time, who will change on the drop of a dime, the president is watching what is going on and the only reason he came up with this fake initiative of his is to try and say to the people that he's seen come out in huge numbers, okay, 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 uh, I'm sorry, I'm scared, I'm going to back it up, but he didn't back it up enough. He didn't back it up enough because that initiative that he's put out does not define how they're going to connect these children with their parents. They don't know where our children are. They don't have numbers or identifications where they can connect parents. And some parents have been deported and their children are still here somewhere. That's unconscionable. And between this president and that racist attorney general, Jeff Sessions, and John Kelly, they all said that they were going to do this. They said publicly that they were going to separate these children from their parents in an issue that they've tried to use to get that wall built so they can intimidate all of us. But again, the message has to be, Mr. President, we're not afraid of you. We're not afraid of Jeff Sessions. We're not afraid of John Kelly. We're not afraid of your administration. And while you think you have gotten away with everything that you've done, we are going to show you that you haven't gotten away with anything. We want the children back. We want them connected to their parents. We want it done now. We're going to insist on it. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Already, you have members of your cabinet uh, that are being booed out of restaurants. Who have protesters taking up at their house who sang no peace, no sleep. No peace, no sleep. And guess what? We're going to win this battle because while you try and quote the Bible, Jeff Sessions and others, you really don't know the Bible. God is on our side. On the side of the children. On the side of what's right. 
on the side of what honor. If that's what then she did not.
Mr. Speaker, once again, I'm proud to rise and stand in the well of the House of Representatives. And Mr. Speaker, I'm very proud of those who have called for civility. I compliment them for calling for civility. I think civility is appropriate at all times, Mr. Speaker. But Mr. Speaker, I do have to ask, where were you? Where were you when the President of the United States of America stood before law enforcement officers and said, you don't have to be so nice when you have a person within your care, custody, and control? Paraphrasing him, of course. Where were you? Where was your compassion for the many people who have been victims of brutality at the hands of the constabulary? Where is your compassion for all of the people who understand that that was a message, whether intended or not, that was a message to the constabulary, to the police, that you can abuse people who are in your care, custody, and control. Where were you? Why didn't you speak out? Where was your sense of outrage as it relates to the President of the United States of America encouraging persons to assault people who were within the care, custody, and control of the police? Encouraging people to do something unconstitutional, it would have been and is still unconstitutional to assault people who are in your care, custody, and control if you're a peace officer. So where were you? Where were you when the president said there were some nice people among those at Charlottesville, among those who were happened to be of the KKK, the neo-Nazis, those who were espousing harm to people. As you know, someone lost her life there, Charlottesville. Where were you? Why didn't you come out strongly against the President of the United States of America? Where were you? And then, my dear brothers and sisters, my friends across the aisle, why is it that you can find reason to condemn others and propose a resolution, but you propose not one single resolution uh, for the president who has consistently and persistently created levels of incivility that have emanated to the extent that some people may have been harmed already. Where were you? Why is it such that you can be outraged now, but you couldn't be outraged then? Where are you now as he is putting his bigotry into policy. Where are you? Why won't you stand up to this president? Are you aiding and abetting? Are you a part of the president's support system to implement the bigotry that he's putting into policy? And it is being done when the president that is representative at the White House uh, Al Green, not the singer, but uh, Al Green. I hope you can hear that sign. And now, if not, ironically, turn up he wants volume. to do away with the diversity visas, which happen to impact people who may be in Africa. Where were you? 
Why won't you stand up? Why would you want to implement this level of bigotry into policy? I commend you, and I'm proud of you for wanting civility. I stand for civility, too. But I also know this. Those who make peaceful protest impossible make other forms of protest inevitable. I yield back the balance of my time. Stupid. <laughs> Did you ever notice that, how many really stupid people you run into during the day? God damn, there's a lot of stupid bastards walking around. Carry a little pad and pencil with you. You wind up with 30 or 40 names by the end of the day. Look at it this way. Think of how stupid the average person is, and then realize half of them are stupider than that. And it doesn't take you very long to spot one of them, does it? Take you about eight seconds. You'll be listening to some guy. He's saying, this guy is fucking stupid. You can say what you want about this country, and I love this place. I love the freedoms we used to have. I love it. I love that. I love it when it didn't take a fucking catastrophe to get us to care for one another. I love the fact that we're on camera all the time from all angles. But you know what? You can say what you want about America. And I say I love this place. I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't live in any other time in history in any other place. But say what you want about America. Land of the free, home of the brave. We got some dumbass motherfuckers floating around this country. Dumbass motherfuckers. You know? These people. These people are efficient, professional, compulsive consumers. It's their civic duty, consumption. It's the new national pastime. Fuck baseball. It's consumption. The only true, lasting American value that's left, buying things. Buying things. People spending money they don't have on things they don't need. Money they don't have on things they don't need. So they can max out their credit cards and spend the rest of their lives paying 18% interest on something that costs $12.50. And they didn't like it when they got it home anyway. Not too bright, folks. Not too fucking bright. But if you talk to one of them about this, if you isolate one of them, you sit them down rationally, and you talk to them about the low IQs and the dumb behavior and the bad decisions, right away they start talking about education. That's the big answer to everything. Education. They say we need more money for education. We need more, more, more books, more teachers, more classrooms, more schools. Uh, we need more testing for the kids. You say to them, well, you know, we've tried all of that, and the kids still can't pass the test. You say, oh, don't you worry about that. We're going to lower the passing grades. That's what they do in a lot of these schools now. They lower the passing grades so more kids can pass. More kids pass, the school looks good, everybody's happy, the IQ of the country slips another two or three points, and pretty soon all you'll need to get into college is a fucking pencil. <laughs> Got a pencil? Get the fuck in there. It's physics. Then everyone wonders why 17 other countries graduate more scientists than we do. Hey, living in a coast-to-coast -coast shopping mall? Well, they think it's just fucking dandy. They think it is cool as can be, because Americans love the mall. They love the mall. That's where they get to satisfy their two most prominent addictions at the same time. Shopping and eating. Millions of semi-conscious Americans, day after day, shuffling through the malls, shopping and eating, especially eating. Americans love to eat. They are, they are fatally attracted to the slow death of fast food. Folks, living in this country, you're bound to know that 
Every time you're exposed to advertising, you realize once again that America's leading industry, America's most profitable business is still the manufacture, packaging, distribution, and marketing of bullshit. High quality, grade A, prime cut, pure American bullshit. And the sad part... People are fucking nuts. This country is full of nitwits and assholes. You ever notice that? Oh, my goodness, yes. Oh, my goodness, right. Yeah. Nitwits, assholes, fuck-ups, scumbags, jerk-offs, and dipshits. And they all vote. They all vote, yeah. In fact, sometimes you get the impression they're the only ones who vote. You can usually tell who's been doing the voting by looking at the fucking election returns. Man, it sure ain't me out there wasting my time with a meaningless activity like that. You know those people on the Jerry Springer show? Those are the average Americans. Oh, yeah, believe me, below average can't get on the show. Can't get on. Below average are sitting home watching that shit on TV. <coughs> getting ready to go out and vote. Filling out their sample ballot. People are fucking dumb. You can say what you want about this country, and I love this place. I love the freedoms we used to have. I love it. I love that. Uh-huh. I love it when it didn't take a fucking catastrophe to get us to care for one another. I love the fact that we're on camera all the time from all angles. But you know what? You can say what you want about America. And I say I love this place. I wouldn't have it any other way. wouldn't live in any other time in history in any other place. But say what you want about America. Land of the free, home of the brave. We got some dumbass motherfuckers floating around this country. Dumb ass All right, motherfuckers. That's enough about dumb people. I don't think Americans are that dumb, but I do think that they're dumb. The way he put it. Wow. George Carlin, ladies you gentlemen, on the George Wilder Jr. Show. All I wanted was a much-deserved promotion. And he told me to get up on the desk and spread them. All the men in my office wrote down on a piece of paper the sexual favors that I could do for them. All I had asked for was an office with a window. I asked for his advice about how I could get a bill out of committee. He asked me if I brought my knee pads. Those are just a few of the horrific stories that I heard from women over the last year as I've been investigating workplace sexual harassment. And what I found out is that it's an epidemic across the world. It's a horrifying reality for millions of women when all they want to do every day is go to work. 
Sexual harassment doesn't discriminate. You can wear a skirt, hospital scrubs, army fatigues. You can be young or old, married or single, black or white. You can be a Republican, a Democrat, or an Independent. I heard from so many women, police officers, members of our military, financial assistants, actors, engineers, lawyers, bankers, accountants, teachers, journalists. Sexual harassment, it turns out, is not about sex. It's about power. And about what somebody does to you to try and take away your power, and I'm here today to encourage you to know that you can take that power back. <laughs> On July 6, 2016, I jumped off a cliff all by myself. It was the scariest moment of my life, an excruciating choice to make. I fell into an abyss all alone, not knowing what would be below. But then something miraculous started to happen. Thousands of women started reaching out to me to share their own stories of pain and agony and shame. They told me that I became their voice. They were voiceless. And suddenly, I realized that even in the 21st century, every woman still has a story. Like Joyce, a flight attendant supervisor whose boss in meetings every day would tell her about the porn that he'd watched the night before while drawing penises on his notepad, she went to complain. She was called crazy and fired. Like Joanne, Wall Street banker, her male colleagues would call her that vile c-word every day. She complained, labeled a troublemaker, never to do another Wall Street deal again. Like Elizabeth, an army officer. Her male subordinates would wave one-dollar bills in her face and say, "Dance for me." And when she went to complain to a major, he said, "What? Only one dollar? You're worth at least five or ten." After reading, replying to all, and crying over all of these emails, I realized I had so much work to do. Here are the startling facts: one in three women that we know of have been sexually harassed in the workplace. Seventy-one percent of those incidences never get reported. Why? Because when women come forward, they're still called liars and troublemakers, and demeaned, and trashed, and demoted, and blacklisted, and fired. Reporting sexual harassment can be, in many cases, career-ending. Of all the women that reached out to me, almost none are still today working in their chosen profession, and that is outrageous. I too was silent in the beginning. It happened to me at the end of my year as Miss America, when I was meeting with a very high-ranking TV executive in New York City. I thought he was helping me throughout the day, making a lot of phone calls. We went to dinner, and in the back seat of a car, he suddenly lunged on top of me and stuck his tongue down my throat. I didn't realize that to get into the business, silly me, 
He also intended to get into my pants. And just a week later, when I was in Los Angeles meeting with a high-ranking publicist, it happened again, again in a car. And he took my neck in his hand, and he shoved my head so hard into his crotch I couldn't breathe. These are the events that suck the life out of all of your self-confidence. These are the events that, until recently, I didn't even call assault. And this is why we have so much work to do. After my years, Miss America, I continued to meet a lot of well-known people, including Donald Trump. When this picture was taken in 1988. Nobody could have ever predicted where we'd be today. <laughs> Me fighting to end sexual harassment in the workplace. He, President of the United States, in spite of it. And shortly thereafter, I got my first gig in television news in Richmond, Virginia. Check out that confident smile with the bright pink jacket. Not so much the hair. I was working so hard to prove that blondes. Have a lot of brains, but ironically, one of the first stories I covered was the Anita Hill hearings in Washington D.C., and shortly thereafter, I too was sexually harassed in the workplace. I was covering a story in rural Virginia, and when we got back into the car, my cameraman started saying to me, wondering how much I had enjoyed when he touched my breasts when he put the microphone on me, and it went downhill from there. I was bracing myself against the passenger door. This was before cell phones. I was petrified. I actually envisioned myself rolling outside of that door as the car was going 50 miles per hour, like I'd seen in the movies, and wondering how much it would hurt. When the story about Harvey Weinstein came to light, one of the most well-known movie moguls in all of Hollywood, the allegations were horrific. But so many women came forward, and it made me realize what I had done meant something. He had such a lame excuse. He said he was a product of the '60s and '70s, and that that was the culture then. Yeah, that was the culture then, and unfortunately, it still is. Why? Because of all the myths that are still associated with sexual harassment, women should just take another job and find another career. Yeah, right. Tell that to the single mom working two jobs, trying to make ends meet, who's also being sexually harassed. Women, they bring it on themselves by the clothes that we wear and the makeup that we put on. Yeah, I guess those hoodies that Uber engineers wear in Silicon Valley are just so provocative. Women make it up, yeah, because it's so fun and rewarding to be demeaned and taken down. I would know. Women bring these claims because they want to be famous and rich. Our own president said that. I bet Taylor Swift, one of the most well-known and richest singers in the world. Didn't need more money or fame when she came forward with her groping case for one dollar. 
And I'm so glad she did. Breaking news: the untold story about women and sexual harassment in the workplace. Women just want a safe, welcoming, and harass-free environment. That's it. So, how do we go about getting our power back? I have three solutions. Number one. We need to turn bystanders and enablers into allies. 98% of United States corporations right now have sexual harassment training policies. 70% have prevention programs. But still, overwhelmingly, bystanders and witnesses don't come forward. In 2016, the Harvard Business Review called it the bystander effect. And yet, remember 9/11. Millions of times we've heard, if you see something, say something. Imagine how impactful that would be if we carried that through to bystanders in the workplace regarding sexual harassment. To recognize and interrupt these incidences, to confront the perpetrators to their face, to help and protect the victims. This is my shout out to men. We need you in this fight, and to women too, enablers, to allies. Number two, change the laws. How many of you out there know whether or not you have a forced arbitration clause in your employment contract? Not a lot of hands, and if you don't know, you should. And here's why. Time magazine calls it right there on the screen, the teeny tiny little print. In contracts that keeps sexual harassment claims unheard, here's what it is: forced arbitration takes away your Seventh Amendment right to an open jury process. It's secret. You don't get the same witnesses or depositions. In many cases, the company picks the arbitrator for you. There are no appeals, and only 20% of the time does the employee win. But again, it's secret, so nobody ever knows what happened to you. This is why I've been working so diligently on Capitol Hill in Washington D.C. to change the laws. And here's what I tell the senators: Sexual harassment is apolitical. Before somebody harasses you, they don't ask you if you're a Republican or Democrat first. They just do it. And this is why we should all care. Number three: Be fierce. It starts when we stand tall, and we build that self-confidence. And we stand up, and we speak up, and we tell the world what happened to us. I know it's scary, but let's do it for our kids. Let's stop this for the next generations. I know that I did it for my children. They were paramount in my decision making about whether or not I would come forward. My beautiful children, my 12-year-old son Christian, my 14-year-old daughter Kaya. And boy, did I underestimate them! The first day of school last year happened to be the day my resolution was announced, and I was so anxious about what they would face. And my daughter came home from school, and she said, "Mommy, so many people asked me what happened to you over the summer." And then she looked at me in the eyes, and she said, "And mommy, I was so proud to say that you were my mom." And two weeks later, when she finally found the courage. 
to stand up to two kids who'd been making her life miserable. She came home to me and she said, Mommy, I found the courage to do it because I saw you do it. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. You are from Radio Live and Chicago's finest. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Demonstration error, whatever. All right. Uh, as we were talking about, I'm trying to get my thoughts thought here together, folks. I know there's been a lot of stuff going on. Um, uh, we were we started out with talking about Maxine Waters and her. Um, uh, I just don't understand why Democrats will not get behind her and help her fight Trump. But as I was alluding to earlier, that uh, Democrats are sitting in the wings, waiting for the blue wave. They don't want to do anything to to, uh, jeopardize that. So they're keeping their mouths shut. But not Nancy Pelosi. She doesn't want Donald Trump impeached. And she she doesn't like for us to say that Donald Trump should be impeached. She doesn't like it. And you ask yourself, who, uh, who in the hell is Nancy Pelosi to try to tell us who we want to impeach and who we do not want impeached. Hell, she she's just a representative. She was voted in by her constituency. 
as if a lot of these uh, politicians, they get these jobs. I mean, we vote them in our office, and all of a sudden they want us to rest on their every word as if they know what's best for us. Nancy Pelosi thinks she knows what's best for the American people. Nancy Pelosi knows what's best for Nancy Pelosi, not us. She doesn't know a damn thing. Well, it's what she wants. It's not what her constituency wants. It may not be what America wants. It's what she wants. We need somebody in that is going to fight truly, 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 truly fight for the American people. I mean, Nancy Pelosi or some of her operatives could be listening to the show and, say, and saying that the George Wilder Jr. show is against Nancy Pelosi, the George Wilder Jr. show is an enemy of Nancy Pelosi. We are not. I am not. I just think like so many other people that we need new blood in Congress. Nancy Pelosi is old blood. She's 78, 79 years old. We need younger people. We need young, younger people with young ideas, new ideas. And not an idea to tell us that Trump should not be impeached, that we're thinking uh, backwards. I believe I, I believe the reasoning to why maybe Pelosi and some other Democrats do not want Trump impeached is because they feel that they need to run against Trump. They're going to have some Democrat run against Trump, but that Trump needs to be impeached. He needs to suffer the fucking consequences of everything that he's done. And I agree with, I, and I agree with Maxine. Donald Trump, we haven't forgotten anything that you've done. Donald Trump, you have not gotten away with a damn thing. I'm pretty sure he, he, he thinks he's gotten away with, some, with all this shit. Uh, some of his supporters think he's gotten away with it. You haven't gotten away with anything. And I'm pretty sure that's going to come up. Uh, uh, in the Bob Mueller investigations that he hasn't gotten away with a damn thing. Uh, his lawyer, Michael Cohen, uh, I saw this morning, he's saying that he's going to flip. In so many words, I mean, you can read what he's saying that was coming out of his mouth to the fact that he's going to flip on Donald Trump. He's saying that, um, he's saying that uh, uh, when it comes to himself, his family, his wife, his daughter, his son, and his country comes first. I mean, if you decipher that, it's I'm gonna flip on Donald Trump. I'm not gonna take. I'm not gonna go down all alone by myself. I'm gonna flip on it, and that's what we've got there. That's what we've gotten from the world that this guy is gonna flip on Trump. Trump probably uh, shitting his pants right now, feeling that. Uh, he's going to be out of office. Or I've said many times, I don't want to see Donald Trump impeached. I want to see Donald Trump in jail. But impeachment would be a starter. Because even if Donald Trump is impeached, and I hope he is taken out of office, he still will not get away with his crimes. If it's ten, five or 10 years from now, before he uh, and he's still around somewhere, he will stay held for his crimes. And a lot of these Democrats and a lot of these uh, Republicans who are running away from office now, quitting their jobs, retiring, 
And if they've done something wrong, if, if, uh, if Mueller finds it out, if Congress finds it out, they're going to be held accountable. You might be quitting your job. Oh, I'm quitting. I can't, I can't work with Donald Trump anymore. I can't lie for him anymore. I, I can't be loyal for him anymore. I can't kiss his ass anymore. You will be held for your crimes also. And Maxine Monroe, Maxine Waters, I keep saying Maxine Monroe, <laughs> but that's fine. It's okay. But we're talking about Maxine Waters. All right. Trump is at another rally. This guy just loves to go, go to rallies. Whenever the heat is under his ass, uh, whenever the heat is under his ass, he runs off to a rally. This fool, whenever uh, the heat, he runs off to people who are going to applaud him, praise him, and kiss, kiss his ass. This guy, I know he runs off to those rallies uh, <laughs> whenever the, uh, it gets too hot in the room. So he goes to, I don't, I don't know how he gets these rallies together. These idiot people come there and sit and listen through those lies, that bullshit, the bullying, the garbage. This Donald Trump is psychotic. He has a mental, anybody can tell with uh, uh, a third grade education that this guy has a mental problem. He has a mental problem and he is destroying America. There's no doubt about it. And he is destroying America. He wants every day he wakes up and they give him something uh, to destroy. Gives him some something to destroy. He's out to destroy America in the name of the dictators. Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong-un. These are the people he, he admire. These are the these are the killers and murderers that he uh uh wants to be like he's a dictator trump is a dictator but he's not a an american dictator and his dictatorship is going to be really really curtailed once he gets once he uh once the blue wave is taking place he goes trump goes to these rallies and tells his ignorant followers followers that the blue wave is nothing. There's going to be a red wave. <laughs> when I first heard that, red wave, really? Really? Bring it on. Bring it on. I mean, I mean, this guy is going to be, he's going to get wiped out. They know they're going to get wiped out. He doesn't want to lower the flags to honor victims of a newspaper shooting, the, the journalist. Because he can't stand journalists. He's probably the cause of these people getting killed by constantly saying that the press is the enemy of the people. And the only enemy of the people is Donald Trump. He's the enemy of the people. He's the enemy of America. To say that the press, the free press, is the enemy of the American people just for him to keep saying it makes him look stupid even though he doesn't realize that and his and his uh handlers doesn't realize john kelly jeff sessions all of these racist fucks it's just mind-boggling how these fucks are 
destroying America and trying to threaten and bully the American people. Trump doesn't like what we're saying about it. He can't stand it. He doesn't like the critics of his administration. So he's going to try and threaten us all. The guy, I'm looking at a photograph of Trump right now on Huffington Post. And the guy looks like he needs to be in a cradle somewhere. He looks like he needs to be in a uh, child's cradle. He looks weird. He looks as if he doesn't know what's happening. A lot of people are wishing he would just drop dead. They would be dancing in the streets. <laughs> yeah, but Maxine Waters, I mean, she really, really, really stands up to Donald Trump. See, I mean, and I, I just am in awe of Maxine Waters. I know uh, those folks at Fox News, I know they, they hate her guts. And they're the ones who are saying that she probably should be killed. It's awful, but this is where we're at now, folks. They want harm to come to her. And I sit here to say no harm should come to Maxine Monroe. Democrats should get behind her. The entire state of California should get behind her. Get behind her. And if she receives any more threats, she should get secret service detail if she hasn't got it already. That's what these th- threats entail, secret service detail, if she hasn't haven't got them already. She deserves it. Get out there and just, you know, keep telling the world what an awful asshole Trump is, even though we already know what he is. But it's great and wonderful to see Democrats. A Democrat. And people are saying the reason why Trump doesn't like or is after Maxine Monroe, because she's a black. She's black. Of course, he doesn't like black people. I mean, he, that, that's a given. And he doesn't like strong women. Maxine Monroe is a strong woman. So Trump is coming after Maxine Monroe hard. For one thing, she will be... It, if the Democrats or when the Democrats are, are uh, takes over Congress, she will be in charge of getting his taxes, his finances, and we will see uh, all the wrongdoing. Because the Republicans now in office, they're shielding him. They know they know they know some shit is on there, but they're shielding him. Maxine Monroe. Maxine Waters will unseal uh, uh, those uh, documents and let the world know what's on them. But, you know, to me, it really doesn't matter what the hell is on those documents anymore. You know, we know there's some shenanigans going on. We haven't seen them, but we know it. We know it. We know Trump is the worst president ever in the United States of the world. He's the worst ever corrupt president, the most lying son of a bitch ever in the history of the United States, he will go down. As Maxine has said, history will be really 
unkind to this president. He thinks he's tried to undo Obama, but history is going to nail this fucking idiot. I'm doing a book on Donald Trump myself. I'm writing a book. Um, Yeah, well, George, we thought you wrote about monsters (laughs) and Maxine Monroe. I'm going to do a... um, Political book, a nonfiction book. I'm I'm working on it now. I got a few pages done already. It's, uh, sometime after the midterms, it should be published. Anyway, I I have to I have to do something. I have to write something about this administration. I have to let history know. Uh, Thirty, forty, fifty years from now, I have to let people know that I was here and I lived it. And this is what happened uh, while I was living it. This is what happened. I have to let people know I lived through it. I, this is what happened. This, this is how it went down. This is how it went down with the most corrupt president in the United States of America, in the history of the world. This is how it went down. So I, I have to write about this. I have to. I have to put aside the fiction for a while. I have to put aside the fiction. I've done nonfiction before. I've done my autobiography. I've done my memoir autobiography, and I've done uh, a short story called uh, um, A River of Tears. But uh, So it will not be, nonfiction will not be something that, and I've done some poems, I think some essays, uh, while doing stories and novels. Uh, but just to say that, to say this, that nonfiction is not new to me. I've done it before and I'm going, and I'm doing it again, but I, but writing about the president of the United States in a nonfictional matter is the first time I've done. Uh, I wrote, I've written about presidents, but only in a fictional sense, but now I'm doing it in a nonfictional and I've already got the title for it. You're going to love it. It's called The Slime of Donald Trump. That's the title. You know, so it's in the works. It should be finished, and I hope you guys look for it. So I'll be talking about it uh, uh, every now and then because I'm constantly working on it and some other material. But, you know, it's in the work. And I, I, I think that every author out there should say something or write something about what's going on today. I think every writer should say, you know, even if, especially if you're a fictional writer, there's so many writers out there saying that, well, I can't write political. I don't know how to write a political piece. I don't know how to do that. I just know how to write about children. I do children books. I mean, if you're a writer, you can write, period. It's just that you may not want to do it, but don't say you can't do it, you know. Uh, But I do think that uh, writers, Fictional writers should take the time and write something about uh, what's going on in what's going on in the world today, and how would they and how they would fix it if they had if they had a chance to fix it. Yeah, write about what's going on in the world and how uh, and how would you fix it if you had a chance to fix it. All right, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. It's about just about off the air. It's seven twenty-seven. Uh, PM Chicago time, and I hope it's great where you are. And we've been talking basically about Maxine Waters 
and um, and wanting other Democrats to get behind her uh, and not uh, criticize her like so many Democrats are, which is pitiful. You know, I, I think Chuck Schumer is criticizing her. That old goat, he ought to shut his mouth and, and, and tend to the Senate. Maxine Waters is doing great. She's doing wonderful. And I'm, I'm going to email her. I'm going to go by her Facebook page. I'm going to encourage her to keep up the good work and not to let Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and a lot of other, a lot of other boneless, ballless, uh, spineless Democrat try to hold her back and keep her from talking her mind, speaking her mind. All right, the George Walter Jr. Show is just about off the air. If we can find that song, that clip, and uh, uh, we're just about off the air, folks. We're going to do this, and we'll be right back with a uh, with something, okay? <laughs>
So uh, I want everybody to enjoy the day, the rest of the day, the rest of the evening, when it, uh, morning, or wherever you find yourself when you're listening to this show. Uh, enjoy the evening, enjoy your weekends, and you just have a lot of fun. Stay positive. Try not to be depressed, lonely. Uh, get out and have some fun, you know, alone or have some fun with someone. And just do something great. Why are we having this wonderful, wonderful weather? Remember, a few days ago, it was hot as hell. We were burning up. But now it, now it feels just right. So get out there and enjoy the weather. Have a great time. Listen to the George Wilder Jr. Show while you're doing it. All right. We will see you tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye-bye.